Heavenly Father, thank you for these words from you. Bless us with your truth. In your hallowed name, amen. Well, here we are, day eight. I'm really enjoying this journey with you, by the way. So today I have one thing to say about Abraham. Seriously? Really? You're going to go there again? <laughs> so we'll see what that's about. But we also get to see Sarah finally has her baby. And um, some interesting things are going to happen with that as well. So let's go. The insight for today starts out. The human condition is always surprising. It has been 20 years since Abraham was in Egypt and lied to the Pharaoh about Sarah's being his sister and not his wife. In the intervening two decades, Abraham has been reassured repeatedly that God will continue to bless him and keep his promises. Abraham has been honored with the very presence of God and made to witness the destructive power of God's judgment against Sodom and Gomorrah. Yet, almost unbelievably, the Genesis account records that Abraham once again lies about his true relationship with Sarah, this time to a pre-Philistine father king whose titular name is Abimelech. Abimelech may desire to marry Sarah in order to form an alliance with Abraham, whom he undoubtedly regards as a powerful nomad prince. Fortunately, God intervenes before any doubt can be cast upon the paternity of the son who Sarah will soon bear to Abraham. Not so fortunately, there continues to be doubt cast upon the character of this great man of faith. Despite all his outstanding qualities, Abraham appears to have a tendency toward deception. Interestingly enough, that same character flaw will be seen again in his son and grandsons. It simply stands as a warning that even men and women of faith can lapse into great sin. If there's any encouragement, however, it is in knowing that while there is bad in the best of mankind, there is also good in the worst. As a Canaanite, Abimelech is not a believer in the true God and undoubtedly engages in common heathen practices. Yet he asserts in his defense to God that he has acted in good conscience, even if he's somehow still guilty in God's eyes. Then he responds to divine rebuke with repentance, generosity, and kindness. Why Abraham is in the territory of Gerar in the first place is unknown. Perhaps it's at the direction of God, or simply because Abraham's herds and flocks need more pasture land than he can find for them in Mamre. And into scripture, Genesis 20. Now Abraham moved on from there into the region of the Negev and lived between Kadesh and Shur. For a while he stayed in Gerar, and there Abraham said to his wife Sarah, She is my sister. Then Abimelech, king of Gerar, sent for Sarah and took her. But God came to Abimelech in a dream one night and said to him, You are as good as dead because of the woman you have taken. She is a married woman. Now Abimelech had not gone near her, so he said, Lord, will you destroy an innocent, sorry, will you destroy an innocent nation? Did he not say to me, she's my sister? And didn't she also say he's my brother? I have done this with a clear conscience and clean hands. Then God said to him in the dream, Yes, 
I know you did this with a clear conscience, and so I have kept you from sinning against me. That is why I did not let you touch her. Now return the man's wife, for he is a prophet, and he will pray for you, and you will live. But if you do not return her, you may be sure that you and all yours will die. Early the next morning, Abimelech summoned all his officials, and when he told them all that had happened, they were very much afraid. Then Abimelech called Abraham in and said, What have you done to us? How have I wronged you that you have brought such guilt upon me and my kingdom? You have done things to me that should not be done. And Abimelech asked Abraham, What was your reason for doing this? Abraham replied, I said to myself, There is surely no fear of God in this place, and they will kill me because of my wife. Besides, she really is my sister, the daughter of my father, though not of my mother. And she became my wife. And when God had me wander from my father's household, I said to her, This is how you can show your love to me. Everywhere we go, say of me, he is my brother. Then Abimelech brought sheep and cattle and male and female slaves and gave them to Abraham. And he returned Sarah, his wife, to him. And Abimelech said, My land is before you. Live wherever you like. To Sarah, he said, I'm giving your brother a thousand shekels of silver. This is to cover the offense against you before all who are with you. You are completely vindicated. Then Abraham prayed to God, and God healed Abimelech, his wife, and his slave girls, so they could have children again. For the Lord had closed up every womb in Abimelech's household because of Abraham's wife, Sarah. And a short insight. It cannot be long after this bittersweet experience with Abimelech that Sarah conceives a child by Abraham. Even during a period of extended lifespans, with Abraham at 100 and Sarah at 90 years of age, in human terms, childbirth would have been impossible. Sarah herself is clearly astonished, for she and Abraham have waited 25 years for this promised son, sometimes fully believing, sometimes filled with doubt and outright disbelief. And into scripture. Now the Lord was gracious to Sarah, as he had said, and the Lord did for Sarah what he had promised. Sarah became pregnant and bore a son to Abraham in his old age at the very time God had promised him. Abraham gave the name Isaac to the son Sarah bore him. When his son Isaac was eight days old, Abraham circumcised him as God commanded him. And Abraham was a hundred years old when his son Isaac was born to him. Sarah said, God has brought me laughter, and everyone who hears about this will laugh with me. And she added, Who will have said to Abraham that Sarah would nurse children? Yet I have borne him a son in his old age. And a brief insight. The song of joy which Sarah sings at Isaac's birth is a happy prelude to what a much younger Hebrew mother in another age to come will sing in joyous anticipation of her promised son, the true spiritual heir to Abraham. In the time which has passed since Abraham came into the land ruled by Abimelech, Abraham has greatly prospered, not only in having a son born in his old age, but also in the increase of his flocks and herds. 
It is only natural then that Abimelech should become concerned about Abraham's growing power. The Genesis account records Abimelech's diplomatic move to protect his own political position by entering into a treaty of mutual peace with Abraham. A brief account follows of how Abraham and Abimelech implement the spirit of the treaty in resolving a dispute over a well. The significance of the agreement lies in the extreme importance of water sources in such a desert area. And into scripture. At that time, Abimelech and Phicol, the commander of his forces, said to Abraham, God is with you in everything you do. Now swear to me here before God that you will not deal falsely with me or my children or my descendants. Show to me and the country where you are living as an alien the same kindness I have shown to you. Abraham said, I swear it. Then Abraham complained to Abimelech about a water, well of water that Abimelech's servants had seized. But Abimelech said, I don't know who has done this. You did not tell me, and I heard about it only today. So Abraham brought sheep and cattle and gave them to Abimelech. And the two men made a treaty. Abraham set apart seven ewe lambs from the flock. And Abimelech asked Abraham, What is the meaning of these seven ewe lambs you have set apart by themselves? He replied, Accept these seven lambs from my hand as a witness that I dug this well. So that place was called Beersheba, because the two men swore an oath there. After the treaty had been made at Beersheba, Abimelech and Phicol, the commander of his forces, returned to the land of the Philistines. Abraham planted a tamarisk tree in Beersheba, and there he called upon the name of the Lord, the eternal God. And Abraham stayed in the land of the Philistines for a long time. And an insight insert. Even in modern times, the city of Beersheba, meaning well of the seven or well of the oath, stands as a tribute to the amicable attitude with which these two men diffused a potentially explosive situation. Probably three years have passed since Isaac was born, and it is the time of Isaac's weaning. The customary feast at the time of a child's weaning is normally an occasion for celebration. But the feast for Isaac becomes an occasion for resentment. Sarah knows that Ishmael, now a lad of 17, is mocking young Isaac and that he also represents a threat to Isaac's right of inheritance. It is therefore Sarah's wish that Abraham cast out Ishmael along with his mother, Hagar. Naturally, Abraham is reluctant to do this, not only because of his natural ties to Ishmael, but also because of the customary law of his day, which forbids the expulsion of a slave wife and her children. But God, for his own reasons, instructs Abraham to do as Sarah has requested, and Abraham makes the painful separation. As Ishmael and his mother wander through the desert region and their supply of water finally runs out, Hagar collapses with despair. Although 17 years old, Ishmael evidently is still immature, and very much dependent upon Hagar. The picture is that both Hagar and the boy are sitting in the desert, sobbing at their imminent death. But God responds to Ishmael's crying by providing a well of water, and he reassures Hagar that Ishmael will be the father of a nation. The account begins as Isaac grows from infancy 
into early childhood and back into scripture. The child grew and was weaned, and on the day Isaac was weaned, Abraham held a great feast. But Sarah saw that the son whom Hagar the Egyptian had borne to Abraham was mocking. And she said to Abraham, Get rid of that slave woman and her son, for that slave woman's son will never share in the inheritance with my son Isaac. The matter distressed Abraham greatly because it concerned his son. But God said to him, Do not be so distressed about the boy and your maidservant. Listen to whatever Sarah tells you, because it is through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned. I will make the son of the maidservant into a nation also, because he is your offspring. Early the next morning, Abraham took some food and a skin of water and gave them to Hagar. He set them on her shoulders and then sent her off with the boy. She went on her way and wandered in the desert of Beersheba. When the water in the skin was gone, she put the boy under one of the bushes. Then she went off and sat down nearby about a bow shot away, for she thought, I cannot watch the boy die. And as she sat there nearby, she began to sob. God heard the boy crying, and the angel of God called to Hagar from heaven and said to her, What is the matter, Hagar? Do not be afraid. God has heard the boy crying as he lies there. Lift the boy up and take him by the hand, for I will make him into a great nation. Then God opened her eyes, and she saw a well of water. So she went and filled the skin with water and gave the boy a drink. God was with the boy as he grew up. He lived in the desert and became an archer. While he was living in the desert of Paran, his mother got a wife for him from Egypt. And that's day eight. So going back, can't believe Abraham was deceiving about Sarah again. Same thing. Um, but God uh, made sure that Sarah wasn't with the um, Abimelech who had taken her to be one of his wives. Um, interesting. But God apparently did close the wombs of all the women in that um, household just to be safe. <laughs> and um, so let's see, what was I saying? Oh, I like that um, Abraham was trying to rationalize. She really is my sister. Mm, really? <laughs> but then Isaac is born, which is a beautiful um, promise that God kept to Sarah and Abraham. Um, let's see. I like that God allowed Abimelech and Abraham to settle their dispute, even though Abimelech wasn't a man of faith. Um, but God always takes care of his own, which is also, what was I going to say? Sorry. Oh, um, the fact that Ishmael, 17 years old, was mocking little three-year-old Isaac is very telling of his character. And um, remember that he grew up with his mother, Hagar, who was also very mocking and disrespectful to Sarah when Hagar became pregnant, but Sarah couldn't remember how badly she was 
tormenting Sarah that she was able to get pregnant. And then so really the apple didn't fall far from the tree there with um, Ishmael also being very mocking and disrespectful to a small child, his little brother. Oh dear, interesting. But God did in take care of them anyway and um, miraculously made a water well nearby so they could survive that uh, desert. Oh, so tomorrow is one of the one of the very famous stories from the Bible. Abraham's big test of faith when he's asked to um, offer up his son as a sacrifice. So very exciting. God is very powerful in this story. Um, so be sure to tune in tomorrow. <laughs> Thank you. Bye-bye.